doing a great job with that. You know, um, if this is your first time here, I'd love to get to know you. Um, my name is Matt, and my wife, Amber, and I are the pastors here at the church. You can actually text in guest, whether you're here in person live or you're online. Um, you can text in guest to the office, and that's a quick way to get started on getting connected around here. And then also at the same time, we're going to receive tithes and offerings. You can do that electronically as well by texting into the office. Um, or you can, if you're here in person, there are drop boxes around the facility. But let's pray over that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for how much you've given us and how much joy and peace, even in the midst of crazy times, you bring into our lives. And God, I just pray as we continue to honor you by returning the tithes to the house of God, God, I ask that everywhere those dollars go, they have impact, making your name famous. Not ours, but yours, God. God, let, they have, let it be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let those dollars go into places that have impact for your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, amen. Yesterday was Halloween. Anybody go trick-or-treating? No, no trick-or-treaters. Yeah, I know. It kind of felt pointless to me, too, because I've been wearing a mask and eating candy for the last six months. <clears throat> it's just, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, um, uh, today is National Cat Day, however. How many, guys, how many cat lovers in the house? Yeah? How many cat haters? You just don't like cats. That's right. I know, cats are like the spawn of Satan. I have two of them, I know. Um, <laughs> They're in my house. They tear things apart for no reason whatsoever. They bring death and destruction. They are liars from the pit of hell. But what do you call a pile of kittens? It's a meowton. I know. Yeah. Why don't, why don't, cats, why don't cats like online shopping? Because they prefer a catalog. And why are cats so good at video games? Because they have nine lives. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's bad. Bad. You know, you're complaining about the jokes. I, I got to say, we're living in a world right now where I feel like there's a lot of complaining going on. Have you noticed that? It seems like there's a lot of stuff to complain about. You know, it's like, oh, you know, how come they're wearing masks? How come I have to wear a mask? How come they're not wearing masks? You know, oh man, I just, why are they shutting this down? Why are they shutting that? Complaining has become like, almost like a whole other pandemic in our culture right now, you know? And, and it's like, I want to tell you, church, that I think as followers of Jesus, we can provide something. I want to tell, show you something today in scripture about how we can overcome this complaining pandemic that we've all been surrounded by. And, and it's really through an attitude of gratefulness and gratitude for what God has already done in our life. That's what's really going to help set us free from this. Amen. But, you know, I heard about this guy. He was complaining that his wife, he's like, my, my, my wife, complains that I never buy her flowers. I didn't even know she sold flowers. <clears throat> I know, it's bad. It's bad. But, but you know that actually um, complaining in the moment almost makes it feel good, doesn't it? It almost feels good for a moment to complain. And every once in a while to just kind of vent and get it out of your system doesn't have long-term detrimental health uh, implications. But if you were to complain all the time and kind of create a habit of complaining, there are a ton of health, negative health benefits to complaining all the time, right? Like occasionally venting, hey, occasionally we got to do that. We got to like just get it out of our system, right? But complaining actually releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Did you know that it actually wears you down physically? It can actually cause you to become more stressed because of the, the releasing of the hormone. You know, wears you down physically, you know. In fact, it, it can hold, you're holding yourself in such perpetually, like, hyper-aroused state leads to headache, stress, insomnia, poor sleep. Complaining is something that actually will feed something that will then feed itself because it actually feeds anxiety and depression. 
Like, we need any more of that, right? We've had enough of that this year. I don't know about you, but like complaining about it actually only feeds it more. Complaining will actually ruin relationships and cause extra stress on relationships because everybody wants to help somebody who's hurting and help them get out of it. But if you're stuck in the place of constantly complaining, you wear out the generosity of those people who are trying to help you and comfort you, and eventually they just stop trying. And so it can ruin relationships. Technically, complaining doesn't actually fix anything. It doesn't actually fix anything, and it can make you feel even more frustrated, and it keeps you stuck. It gets because you get stuck on, on only seeing the downside of things, problems instead of solutions. You're less likely to take steps toward a solution if you're complaining all the time. How many of you guys know somebody who complains a lot, right? How many say, it, uh, that's me, right? Uh, no hands, okay, that's all right. It's always somebody else that complains a lot. My complaining is completely justified. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing is, is, is church, is that, is that, I want us as a church to stay positive in, in what has the potential to be a very negative season in our country. I don't know if you know there's an election that's happening. It's election year. Maybe you've heard that. <laughs> right, maybe, maybe you've heard that it's an election year. But, but what, what's going on is that no matter who wins, because Tuesday is election day, I don't know if they'll have results on Tuesday. Um, you know, it, it, it could, it could not. It could drag out a few weeks. Not really sure. But, but here's, here's what I know. No matter who wins a huge percentage of the country is going to be disappointed. And that might be you. I know you think, oh, well, what I've seen on the news um, means my candidate's going to win because you're watching the channel that favors your candidate. <laughs> All right? yeah, we're keeping it real, keeping it real. You know what I mean? And, and, and you think, how could a Christian vote for the other candidate, right? So, you know, you think these things and these thoughts and, and the confirmation bias that we have in our life, you, you think like, well, you know, that couldn't, guess what? Your candidate might lose this week. And, and as people who are following Christ, we have got to stay focused that we don't serve this kingdom, but we serve the kingdom of God which is higher than this kingdom. Because it says in the, my Bible that Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, as if he's the president of presidents, right? He's the ruler of rulers. We, we serve a higher authority. And whatever president comes into office this week or this month or whenever they figure it out, like whenever they figure it out, right? Like whenever it happens, whoever comes in, I just know that God is still on the throne. And he's still in charge. And, and, that, and that we as believers have got to be grateful for everything that God has given us, even if our candidate loses. And if your candidate wins, help have some grace and mercy for those that their candidate lost. Right? Because it might landslide one way or the other. It, it might be a tight race. We don't know. But here's what I know, is that we as believers don't answer to this world. We answer to a higher authority. And so we've got to keep our eyes focused on that. Don't get consumed with the election infection that's like driving things into a really weird and, and an awkward negative place. But people complain about all sorts of things. They complain about the weather. They complain about masks. They complain about being home too much. Like you were complaining like six months ago about working too much. <laughs> Lord answered your prayer. <laughs> he works in mysterious ways. But this pandemic of complaining that we have that's, that's sweeping our country, that, that's sweeping our culture, that maybe has been embedded and ingrained in, in our society for longer than maybe we want to admit. We've got to flatten the pandemic of complaining, flatten the curve. And there's a cure, and it's called gratitude. 
Today we're going to look in two passages of scripture, but the first one is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. It says this, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but a sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. A glad heart makes a cheerful face. That's good news. Cancel your Botox appointment. All you need now is just a glad heart, right? You can increase the curb appeal of what you're working with if you just have a glad heart and a smile on your face, right? The value's going up. Property's going up right here because I'm smiling a little bit more. You know, there's psychological benefits of gratitude, and it's, it's really well-researched. You can Google it if you'd like to and go do your own research. But in the midst of the psychological benefits of gratitude, it eliminates toxic emotions. Just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true. Just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true, right? Like, I've had feelings, and I'm so grateful I didn't act on those feelings because what I felt in the moment wasn't right. Your feelings aren't the, barometer, the, the, the thermometer of truth. Your, your, your feelings aren't that. We, we ground ourselves in the word of God and, and what's real and what's not. But psychological benefits eliminates toxic emotions. It helps our toxic emotions get reduced and eliminated when we're focusing on gratitude. There's been medical studies now that say that, that gratitude will actually reduce pain in the body. When you're grateful, it actually reduces pain levels in the body. It can improve your sleep quality. Tell the my pillow guy you don't need his pillow <laughs> or your mattress topper of his Giza sheets. <laughs> you guys on everything right now. Improve your sleep quality. It aids with your stress regulation and gratitude will reduce anxiety and depression. The exact opposite of complaining is gratitude. The medical detractors of complaining on your body, the gratitude has the exact opposite effect. So we've got to be people who have an attitude of gratitude everywhere that we go. Gratitude has no adverse side effects, by the way. Don't you love those medical commercials and they advertise a, a medication and, and people are running through fields of flowers and, and you know, and, and you're like, this is diarrhea medicine. What are you talking about? You know, and, and, then, and then it's like the, the medicine is, you know, they talk about it for like 10 seconds and then in the next 28 seconds is like, like an auctioneer in a fast voice telling you everything that could possibly go wrong, you know? Like, sure, you're not pooping your brains out, but you've got, like, sweating blood and, and whatever else. And, you know, it's like, golly, you know? It went blind, yeah. But gat- gratitude is the gateway to peace. That's where we're headed today. That, that gratitude is the gateway towards peace. In a world where we live in all these ups and downs and topsy-turvies, anxiety, depression, all these different things, these emotions that are flying around, and, 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 and then complaining feeds that where gratitude takes, fixes it. It's a gateway to peace. And you got to start to find things that you're grateful for. And here's what I recommend. I recommend that you write them down. Find the things that you're grateful for and then write them down. In the morning, get up. If you're struggling with this, in the morning, get up. Go write down just one thing, and it might be really, really silly. I'm grateful that it's not snowing today. Uh, and, and that might be all you got. But every day, if you get up, you start to write things that you're grateful for. Every morning, you start to feed gratitude inside of your heart, and it starts to eliminate the toxicity of the complaining. We've got to create biblical habits that start to feed those things. And we're going to look primarily in Philippians chapter 4 today. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8 is where we're going to be. 4 through 8. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say, rejoice. 
He's saying it two times. We're going to like super rejoice. It's going to be the best rejoice you've ever seen. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So Paul is writing this, and, and when he writes it, rejoice, rejoice, back to, back to back, he's trying to emphasize this idea of rejoicing in the Lord always. Yeah, sure, Paul, you didn't live through a pandemic, did you? No, but he was literally locked up in prison, and not the good prison, like no cable TV and air conditioning, like, like medieval prison, when he's writing this. He has plenty of reasons to complain. He has plenty, and he's saying, no, we're going to rejoice in the Lord always. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Worry, anxiety, that those things can start to kind of pull you apart. They can start to, to stretch you. They can exhaust you. They can get you tired. They can get you just worn out. And when worry pulls you apart, anxiety stretches you from the inside, but says God will work all things together for his good. And so when we're worried about the situation and the circumstances around us right now, God's working on something that's a little bigger than what you and I can see. We see the immediate in front of us, but God is backed up in a little higher elevation. He can see the master plan of what's happening. And he's working all things together for his glory. Be not be anxious for anything, but everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. How can you be thankful when you're locked in prison? How can you be thankful when you're locked up in quarantine? At least we have like Netflix and stuff, right? Like we got something to, that we can do if we're locked up. But he's saying be thankful Maybe with supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. You see, these emotions and attitudes of thankfulness, they come from a deeper place than our current circumstances. Because our current circumstances are easy to complain about. And honestly, guys, even if the pandemic wasn't here, it's easy to find stuff to complain about, isn't it? You know, I, don't, I don't need COVID to find stuff to complain about. I can complain about anything. Really. Like, let, we can have a complaint off, like, fight or if you want. Like, we'll duel it down. I can out-complain the best of you. And our circumstances are going to change. The things that I was complaining about two years ago have no bearing in my life. Honestly, they're still there if I want to choose to focus on it and complain about it. The emotions and attitude of thankfulness come from that deeper place. So what we're going to look for, we're going to find. So what are you looking for? What are you seeking? What are you asking? What are you, what are you, what are you looking for in life? Because if you look for it, you might find it. So are you looking for joy? Are you looking for peace? Are you looking for thankfulness and gratitude? Or are you looking for the negative and you're looking for complaining all the time? See, Paul is saying that even though my current circumstances are terrible, I can still be thankful. He can still be thankful in the middle of his circumstances. So church, we can be thankful in the middle of ours. We really can. Verse number seven. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, not the peace of the world, the peace of God. 
Not the peace of your circumstances, but the peace of God. I don't know about you, but, but I don't need and want the peace of this world and of my circumstances because those are pretty fickle. They're up and down and they're all over the place. If I'm going to anchor my soul to something and find peace in something, I want it to be much larger than me and my circumstances. I want it to be tied to the almighty God. So the peace of God. You know, peace is the opposite of anxious. If anxiety pulls you apart, peace holds you together. It makes you whole. It makes you complete. And you can't get to verse 7, which is the peace of God, without going through verse 6. Because gratitude is the gateway to peace. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> I said that backwards, didn't I? Our mouth is the overflow of our heart. And so we've got to set our hearts on good things. We have got to set our hearts on good things. In verse 8, <clears throat> in fact, I'm going to be closing here in a minute if the keyboardist wants to come. In verse number 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Think about those things. Which means is that our thoughts lead to our hearts, lead to our mouth. Our thoughts lead to our heart, lead to our mouth. We've got to set our mind on things above, not on the things on earth. Because those things on earth will just worry us and stress us out. And, and at the end of the day, that's not what we're living for, are we? You know, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, it's kind of like this glass of water. You know, we, we, we can choose to what our heart's going to be consumed with. And, and it's, it's interesting. We, we kind of look at, at this. And, 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 and sometimes we can look at it and be like, you know, I'm really focused on these negative things. And they can pollute our heart. And, and so what can happen is that we can look at it and be like, well, you know, I'm just going to complain a little bit about the election, about the this or about the other thing. There's real things to complain about. I'm going to complain about the shutdown that's going on in our, in our world today. You know, this, this quarantine is driving me nuts. I don't like the masks, right? Job loss, people losing their jobs, the world is changing, things are happening and not everything out there is good. And But we can allow these things to start to pollute our heart. And our heart which was once pure and clean is starting to become colored and tainted and, and, and it doesn't look like it once did. We have, people have family members dying. Some people haven't seen family members in months because the one that they want to see is immune compromised or they're in that high risk category. And it's, There's something real stuff to complain about. There's even murder hornets, you know? That's got to have a drop in there, right? Like, like there's, there's murder hornets in the midst of this. But, but here's what I know is that if we set our mind on things above, we can fill our hearts with something else. You see, we, we can choose to fill our hearts with, with other things. And I want to tell you that an attitude of gratitude can remove the toxicity in your heart. And so you start to say, I'm going to set my mind on whatever is true. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone because the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you start to set your mind on things above and you start to to focus on the goodness of God and what he's done for you and provided for you, it will remove the toxicity out of your heart so it can be clean again. So church, that's my beg, my plea to you today is that will you set your mind on things above? Will you remove the toxicity that is so easily found in the world that we live in today? Will you bow your heads? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for everything that you've done. God, allow us to have a heart of gratitude. God, let us think about those things which are on your heart and your mind. Help us to be thankful for everything that you provided for us, God. Not ignoring the the things in life that are a challenge, but, but being thankful for the things so that we don't get run over with the toxicity of our own mouth be complaining about the things that, God, only you can control anyway. God, I pray tonight, pray this morning as we leave from this place. God, let us be beacons of light in the world. Let us be light in the darkness. When the world around us is maybe upturned this week from an election, when the world around us is, is complaining or celebrating depending on what candidate won, God, let us be light in the darkness and helping to shine your light of goodness into everyone that we encounter. May we point people to you, Jesus, that they might be made whole through you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen. Church, it's been a good. Hope you liked the message this morning. Um, I appreciate you guys being COVID safe, um, wearing masks and, and, and doing it, um, doing the things that we gotta do to be able to continue to gather and worship together. Um, God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful week.